Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Chris Hansen's interest in this movie. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I want to dedicate this to my grandpa who taught me all these sweet moves. Where is your grandpa? He's in the trunk of our car. Jesus, I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired. You know how tired I am? If a girl came up to me and begged me to fuck her, I couldn't do it. That's how tired I am. Okay, but I'm not going to have any fun. Yeah, well, we're all with you on that one, Dwayne. Keep the theme song. Fuck a lot of women, Dwayne. Not just one woman. A lot of women. Um, I'd like to dedicate this to my grandpa, who showed me these moves. Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) Is he here? Where's your grandpa right now? In the trunk of our car. Grandpa, am I pretty? You are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. (laughs) You're just saying that? No, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you, and it's not because of your brains or your personality. Him? You fell in love with the boy? Very much so. That's silly. There's another word for it. All right. 2006. We got a pretty stellar cast assembled for a indie movie, Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. Greg Kinnear, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Paul Dano, Abigail Breslin, Alan Arkin... Uh, yeah, this movie has it all, including a super low budget of $8 million. Um, I remember this one, um, from, from back in the day, we had started getting like internet trailers around this time, started to become a big thing. And this was like one of the rare indie movie trailers that, you know, just the word started to spread around about this one. Um, it started out. It started out in seven movie theaters, and within two weeks, it was in fourteen hundred movie theaters because they couldn't keep up with the demand. The two weeks from seven to fourteen hundred theaters—that's pretty amazing. It's crazy. Not bad. That's back in the day. Shit like that doesn't even happen anymore. That in that way. Uh, this movie won two Academy Awards. Was nominated for four as well. Alan Arkin wins for this. He beat Mark Wahlberg from The Departed. The Departed. Departed. What? I'll fucking tear you apart. Wahlberg didn't deserve it. He just swore a lot and screamed. That was his character in The Departed. Jesus. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say, hello to, Say hi to your mother for me, okay? Say hello to your mother for me, okay? Um, Departed. It's the Departed. <laughs> uh, Little Miss Sunshine follows uh, a very interesting family, um, but they all kind of rally around Olive, the seven or eight year old girl who had, I think, for fun at the behest of an aunt and uncle who are well well to do, um, did a little beauty competition and came second, and then gets word that second place is out, probably for heroin addiction no that's grandpa first place um, is out yeah yeah first place is out so all of us in and she gets to go to this little miss sunshine pageant which her grandpa is preparing her for uh, or preparing her for another uh runner-up kind of competition and the family uh in many different ways is very challenged uh, lots of conflict in this movie they have to rally together 
um, to take Olive to California. And that includes taking um, a matriarch of the family uh, who is played by um, uh, Tony Collette. What's her name in this? Cheryl. Uh, her brother, she just finds out, has just tried to commit suicide and is ready to be picked up at the hospital um, to begin his at-home convalescence and recovery. So she, he's in the mix. We have son, uh, Dwayne, who wants to be a pilot. We have husband, uh, Richard, who is a... Uh, uh, he's kind of like a, a, a public speaker, kind of like a self-help person. He has a nine-step program. He'll tell you about the nine steps. Sure, and as you're alive, we'd be telling you about it. So, yeah, we all got to go on an adventure here together. Uh, we're low on funds. We're patients running thin. We all don't get along, but we're going to pile in a funny little minivan, little VW, and off we go to California to be in Little Miss Sunshine. That's what we got. There is so many, anything? so much time spent in the, the VW as well, and the director always makes sure it doesn't feel boring. I don't know how he exactly does that because they're in that confined space a lot. And it yep. never feels boring visually. Didn't we look at the inciting incident? It was like 16 minutes, but it didn't feel like we'd wasted time. Yeah. No, the, first, the first act ended at like 22 or 23. So everything was on course. It just, it, it redistributed time allotments in the first act. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it got out of the first act real quick. But yeah, that was just, it was a late inciting incident. But there's so much extra characterization we get that it never feels like it was wasted like you said it would never feels like we wasted any time we we like learn stuff the whole way through yeah we're pretty we're pretty even with our screen time across most of these characters everyone kind of has their moment to shine you know the the uh paul the son has you know he's a lot of comic relief during but he he has a big arc frank has a a big arc um Frank has a great arc. And so someone had mentioned while we were watching this about her body, all of the little girl being chubby, like Winnie the Pooh type or something. So she was wearing a fat suit for the movie. She like that was a suit. That's why she's always wearing one piece bikinis, because that's like a suit underneath. So she's actually not that shape. Very. That's, that's they picked that's her good. for her acting and not her physicality. And then they just made her kind of look that way. Well, she she crushes it. Um, oh, she kills this, it. This whole cast is quite good. Um, nobody's a letdown. There's and everyone's perfectly cast in their role. This is this is um, uh, Steve Carell would have been popular at this point because I think the office would have been running for a little bit. Um, no, no. So the deal was when they shot this, the director or the producers in the studio did not want him because they wanted someone more famous. But before the movie came out. He, 40 year old virgin, came out before this and he got the office gig. So by the time this movie came out, they, they were calling him on the phone to get him to come help promote the movie because he had exploded right before, <laughs> right? Like as this movie was being edited and stuff like that. Yeah, apparently well, they wanted Bill Murray first. Yeah, I think it was. I thought they wanted Bill Murray. Is he, is he, he Frank? Bill, yeah, for Frank, Bill Murray or, um, or, uh, um, Robin uh, Williams is Robin the other Williams, one. Yes. Oh, the see, studio is pushing for. Isn't Frank the older man? Uh, no, sorry, the fucking what's his name? Frank, the suicidal guy. Oh, is he? Steve his Carell. name Frank? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, Bill Murray would have been too old. I don't think so. Even think in two thousand six, suicidal brother. 
In 2006, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. think Corral fucking nails it. I can't even see anybody else He's, doing it. No, yeah. Corral's great. There's no reason for anybody else. No, I'm glad he got it. I feel like I feel like that based on what you're just saying, there is a lot of happy accidents with casting because they would have probably they would have taken those other two, but they couldn't get them. Yeah, so they settled. Like so they, their settle was like the best. Yeah, yeah, they got lucky. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of luck to this movie. Like, I didn't realize it was only $8 million. Word of mouth on this just exploded this movie into, like... It, like, they must have made so much money off an $8 million budget on this movie. First-time writer, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was screenwriting for a long time when he was working from, as Matthew Broderick's assistant. So, so he, he's, he, that was his ambition for years. And then he finally like, took a shot, which was cool. It's weird um, that um, Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris are the directors of the film. Um, you don't often see co-directors. Yeah, I mean, Coen Brothers, yeah, it's it's not very... It's kind of rare. Super common. Coen Brothers, Wachowskis. Makes it wonder, though, like if people share division, why, why couldn't it work? Um, it, another interesting bit about this movie is that Brian Cranston and Dean Norris, who plays uh, Hank from Breaking Bad, so Walt and Hank, uh, both in this movie, and this would have been the year before Breaking Bad would have aired. So, oh yeah, two years before, six and eight. Yeah, probably shot two years before. Yeah, so Cranston probably, I don't, yeah, Cranston and uh, Dean Norris would have got popping off big after this one too. There's some Albuquerque connection too. Like I think. There's one of mm -hmm. the points, one of them, they're in Albuquerque when they show up. So uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's where Breaking Bad takes place. Yeah, it's true. Weird coincidence. Um, This movie does not... Uh, so, I mean, mostly this movie is a comedy, I think, is its strongest feature because I laugh at this movie more than anything. But there's some heavy, heavy, heavy themes covered in this film. And it actually handles them with a lot of care and attention. Um, the relationships between people seem real and there's some, like, real healing that happens. And you feel kind of lots of, lots of joy and stuff like that, too. But for as much tragedy and and uh conflict isn't in this movie it's surprising it can still stay in my mind as primarily a comedy wikipedia calls this a tragic comedy which is <laughs> a genre i had not heard of well before. dramedy dramedy is the uh the one that people most use even when dramedy, i'm like, yeah when i'm submitting scripts it's just like drama is it a comedy is it a dramedy I but this even is call tragic. This, this whole yeah. fucking movie is tragic. Everything yeah, that is a funny way of calling it. It's just an escalation it. of tragedy. Yeah. The, the other thing that I that I know, I've seen this movie so many times, the other thing that's so great is is the, the characters that aren't talking, uh, but they're in the shots. The body language and the acting for them is, is so amazing. Like, there's the great scene between um, where there's the, the actual kind of fight between uh, Frank and... Uh, Greg Kinnear's character where uh, where they're arguing about the nine steps and that he's calling him a loser or whatever and you could see Tony Collette smiling like with every jab he gives to her husband <laughs> everything she's been holding inside and Frank is like it's so fun to to watch those relationships going on that are unspoken I wonder how much of that is in the script it's be interesting to read yeah. There's like a lot of knowing glances and smiling at each other like on the page because there's a ton of it in this movie. And like there's so much between the group 
when Greg Kinnear is talking, where they all kind of like share glances and roll eyes and smirk because none of them like him. Such an mm -hmm. us against Greg Kinnear and for so long in this movie. Yeah. He's a yeah. bad guy for a long time. Till he, just over the halfway point. He is yeah. the straw that breaks the camel's back. Do you know what I mean? Like he is, well, he's maybe not that, but he is the kingpin or the kingstone of this like thing. And when he cracks, then the whole fucking seams come off the thing. But his lying to himself in that reassuring way through the first part of the movie is really the thing securing the family goal still. They're just doing it and all this positivity. And then once he snaps, it just gets so much more interesting. Yeah. Well, he, well, he totally joins them, right? He, he, uh, he joins the rest of the family and now they're all on the same side finally. Yeah. For so long yeah. there is that there he was dragging them along and with like you said his his optimistic uh head in the clouds <laughs> style. It's yeah. it's funny like until the end when all the conflict has been resolved and they kind of head back and thank bless this movie for like finishing and then we're done and we get out so quick the way this movie ends i absolutely love that yeah part the of it. climax is the dance um that when you think back that. right when they're sitting in the in the dining room having their fucking chicken before olive gets that phone call that's kind of the high point for the family because everything starts going wrong from there yeah, totally. every it gets worse and worse every scene nothing goes right and it gets worse and worse it's hilarious yeah and there is a lot of humor along the way uh, there's so many touching moments. This movie's like so touching without being pretentious. Yeah, uh, the it's the it's the dialogue that makes like that scene where the father and the tells music. his son. Yeah, the music too. Yeah, great, great music. music. I mean, yeah, no, the music. I think the music was also up for an award. Uh, uh, it might I think been, it was yeah. one of the four that it lost. One of the ones that it lost. Best picture it was up for. Um, Should have won that too. Best original screenplay it won for Michael Arndt. Fuck, and, of course um, it did. Yeah, this is a brilliant screenplay. Like, he I went on steal. to write Toy Story 3, which was hugely successful, and then he took a step down with the Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh Ooh. my God. Yeah. Oh my God. What a fucking toilet plunge. So anyway. <laughs> oh my God. That's awful. It's so upsetting. <laughs> I don't want to know that. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, so like th this movie is so grounded in reality. Does that, that cancel this out? It part, can't, right? Is that a does that a no? Waste he had this? he had two good ones, so two good ones before that. Oh my um, god! But um, this movie is so grounded in reality. Um, like down, there's a whole bunch of little details that that just keep you from asking questions at the at the wrong time, and it jumps ahead in the right way. Um, and I would say the only scene which I wish they had tried something different is um, at the gas station when um, th where they leave Olive and Alan Arkin asks Frank to buy him a bunch of porn, uh, really the dirty, nasty stuff. Um, and then, you know, it just so happens that the guy who's the bane of Steve Carell's existence is getting gas and the guy that he was in love with is in there buying a fucking Slurpee or looking at postcards or some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, that seemed like the weakest part for sure. It's it doesn't fit. It, Too much it coincidence, right? Yeah, like, because everything else is in, is contained within side of the van. Well, and, Mike Collins said, 
Sorry, I fucking cut off Colin who was saying what Colin said. No, go ahead. Say again. <laughs> no, but I, I, go ahead. Jesus, I'm sorry. Anyways, what you had said when we were watching it was you mentioned that the newspaper article shows that guy as getting the award. So you don't need that stupid gas station um, interaction. You don't need that crazy coincidence. Yeah, he said it nowhere. at he he said it at the chicken dinner too. He said that got that he he went through he went through the his whole history. And he also said that guy was getting that award. They show, yeah, they show it in the paper later as just a little bit of a callback. But yeah, yeah you so you edit that scene out, and I bet you this is like one thirty-five for yep. time, and it's great. It's just the one little teeny extra bit they didn't need, and they couldn't figure out how to involve his past with the story, so they just made up some wild coincidence like. What, what would be the odds of that happening there at that yeah. that gas station at that exact same time? It's just too yeah. crazy. Yeah, 100% agree. Even that actor keeps saying how crazy it is, but it's just like, yeah, he's right. It's too <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That actually, I think, made it a, worse. That a scholar of Proust would be like such a hot commodity. Yeah. That this guy is like jumping the ranks, like the fucking Proust. the ladder of Proust they, geniuses out there. I know they don't even make funny though. Th- they don't oh, even hilarious. use that as comedic yeah. material. But like, if you think about it, it is quite hilarious. I did think about it often. Like the world's number one force on Proust is Steve Carell. <laughs> Both and the it's number like one the, and the number two are at the same gas station. Yeah, that's crazy too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's such a it's a misstep that could be so easily forgiven. But it is a big misstep. They they should have just... It would have taken nothing to edit it out. You could have still had him going in and pointing at the porns and stuff. And you could have just cut... Because you need, you need the porn for the... with him getting the porns. Yeah. yeah, you need the porn for the cop scene later. For later, yeah. So you just have him buying them. And then he points at the ones he likes. <laughs> and then he cuts. Even the... Even the uh, what did he call it? A, a, a fag rag? Buy yourself a fag rag, he says. Yeah. Once again, we were talking about that earlier. So much of the F word in all of these. This is a 2006 movie. But I mean, once again, I feel like that's honest with Alan Arkin's like 75 year old character. Right. And the great thing is he's not saying it to be hurtful. He was being he was trying to be nice. I th- he, was, yeah. he was using it as like a nice term, but he didn't he just doesn't know how offensive it is. And well, yeah. Steve Carell's character laughed too, and and since he was yeah, gay, I, thought, I can laugh too. I can laugh too because I, he's a crazy old man. That's what I'm laughing at. Yeah, so I don't think it's out of line. I think it kind of, I think it makes more sense than if he had not said that. Um, I do like when Hank has um, uh, Greg Kinnear pulled over later, and he's flipping through. He's like, oh yeah, this one's filthy. It's oh, I love this one. <laughs> and then he flips the last one, and it's. <laughs> the dude <laughs> what is what does richard say is he like no you're not in not into that one he kind of like edges into him and smiles like huh huh like yeah hey, he leans into it he's yeah, like, yeah, he's like so, is it good yeah, you like that? you're into that or whatever yes yeah, try some different stuff and then know? that's when he wants to leave he's like i gotta go so that like the way all the, that shook out, I thought was really smart. Um, a way to hide the body in the trunk is have some porn fallout. And, and he says it's, it's not nice illegal, right? So right before that, he goes, it's not illegal. And it's not illegal. Yeah. You know, he's just he doesn't want his wife to know he thinks, which I think is really funny. He even says he won't tell her. That's what's so creepy is that motherfucker says he won't tell his wife. And he waves at his wife like a piece of shit. 
Yeah. Like, hey, honey, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so, his character is so creepy in this. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's jerked off in his cop car as he was driving away. Yeah, looking at his crazy mags. <laughs> yeah, you have the family over here, and you got, got a little of this on the side. <laughs> it's, it's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he crushes the role though i mean jesus it's totally true he nails it <laughs> i've never seen him more creepy uh it's crazy how much he's been in he's been in a lot oh shit um what was i gonna say um What's her name? Uh, Tony Collette does super good as Cheryl, the kind of the glue trying to keep the family together. Um, she seems like she's got to be the peacekeeper and she's got to manage her her husband, which you don't even find out till later on that, you know, um, when her son calls her divorced, that, you know, Richard would be her second husband. So it's, it's a little bit of info about her that maybe or maybe doesn't change the way you look at her but she's like been through the ringer you can tell and she does such a good job as being that that force to keep so, the family so together. Dwayne is not Greg Kinnear's kid that's probably right no it's it's in the trivia so he says that he has a different name than Hoover so Dwayne is from Cheryl's first marriage so so Greg Kinnear's his stepdad I, this is the first time I ever knew that even watching it today I did not know but but they have he has a different last name than uh, than than uh, the daughter, yeah. So that's also why Greg Kinnear likes her so much because she's his kid and Dwayne is the stepkid, right? But and he kind of also talks about Dwayne like a stranger, about like how he respects Dwayne and stuff like that, like <laughs> like he's talking about someone at work or something. He's like he's using seven of the nine steps. <laughs> so I respect him, or, and it's all about him, right? It's not about Dwayne. It's all about the st- him getting to talk about the steps. <laughs> He's so selfish. So Tony Collette though never gets hers. Like she actually becomes more of a flat character because she just is the binding force between the family. But she like everyone really kind of gets, arc, I guess. everyone kind of gets their thing except for her. She doesn't get an arc, and yeah, she, that's very true. And she's the one that fucking drives the whole plot forward. She's the one that pushes it. Yeah. And then she never gets something. I feel like she's um, kind of cheated here. She, holy fuck, you're you're 100% correct. Yeah. She totally, Tony Collette does not, she is the same person as when they left. Everyone else has changed though. Her family is tighter now though. They're tighter, but her, she's gonna have a better life going forward now that everyone's yeah. had their this cathartic experience on their own. But again, that's all external. Yeah, it's true. I feel like it is, but it's very similar to Back to the Future, where Marty McFly's character has no arc, but every other character when he comes back is completely changed from where they were at the beginning of the movie. His brother's got a good job. Our sister's like a businesswoman. And his brother's also got a good job, and the father's a book writer. And hasn't like, Marty's and, perspective changed though? No, Marty's exactly the same. <laughs> Nothing changes. It still works though. That's what I'm saying. And uh, I think he it works learns here. that life is better when you're rich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anything, fucking super obvious lesson to learn. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, it's oh, but I it's, get the truck I want and the girl I want. It, nice. it doesn't. It, once again, it's not a negative here or in Back to the Future. I feel like. 
they needed more help than her. She she was the more stable, grounded one, and everyone else around her was selfish or impetuous or uh, self-serving. It's great. Like I think it really works. Yeah, she she does seem to be the asylum with within like that creates the confines for the rest of the fucking crazies. She 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 has a good handle on what's wrong and right, and and once again, all have had to go to that show. Or, or she wasn't going to leave her son there in the field with with somebody. Everyone said, "I'll stay." Yeah, she's stay. the voice of reason, rationality. Yeah, um, doing what's right. So I think she's like our every person. Ooh, she might have an arc when she agrees to steal the body of Grandpa out the window. She would normally not agree to something like that because she is the same. But she goes, she goes with them on that. But I don't support her husband for mm. all of. Well, she—that's pretty crazy for her, right? That she knows that 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 shit date that wouldn't fly. That that's not reasonable. <laughs> no, no, it's not reasonable. So, but she goes along with it because she wants to. You know, she wants Olive to do it too. So, so she, you know, I don't know. I think that is kind of interesting. Maybe that could be something for her. Possibly. I'm not seems saying like it's, it's more. It seems like it's more yeah. Greg Kinnear's moment. Yeah, you're, you're, that's it the is. moment where he's changing. No, you're totally right. Okay, I take it back. Fuck, she doesn't have an arc. Sad. Good, good catch. Doesn't good ruin catch. the movie, but... No, no not at all. And it, maybe it's... Uh, I'm not sure if it bugs me because she was the... Um, Maybe she was the least fucked up. She and deserves she, to have something. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the happy family is is supposed to be enough. Yeah, maybe maybe like when she, she is she'll a have good a better mom. marriage, she'll have a better relationship with her son. Doesn't that feel like giving your mom a fucking appliance for like her birthday or something? Like <laughs> you're like just fucking gonna, do the like you're the you're the fucking you, matrix, you so you gotta be your thing is just that everyone else has fucking been improved. And your life as a result passively is just going to fucking like roll over. Like this is the fucking fifties housewife equivalent to fucking character. We could do better with her. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just now I'm going to tell you, I love you and hug you sometimes, I guess. Well, I mean, she, she (laughs) still crushes it in this role, even if there's not an arc for the character. So that's even more of like, I guess how you can overcome something like that i wonder if that was intentional or if that's just not something they thought about because everything else is so rich great yeah. um richard frank Dwayne, all of does olive have a i mean she's a child so she I overcomes she, her fears and she goes out on that stage and she fucking kills it true <laughs> yeah, she she, true she goes straight forward with the confidence what and scared to try. They all gave her an egg. They all gave her an out up until like the very last minute. Her mom even gave her an out. She could have said, I don't want to do it. Her mom asked her. She was like, fuck no. And she took off her glasses and she did it. She did yeah, it she right. I'm gonna She's a super freak. Super freak. Oh my the God. The song awesome. couldn't have been more perfect. Super freak She's was super the freaky. song. That is, it was fucking, when they, whoever thought of that, was laughing their ass off while they were typing oh, yeah. that the yeah. song was going to be super freak. Colin, um, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was 
super funny as we were watching this because Colin said, um, you know, the grandpa was teaching and the, the only thing that the dirty old grandpa knew how to do, the only dance he'd known would have been what he picked up in the strip clubs he'd been in in his life. So that's what he was teaching her. <laughs> it's yeah, so true. He had no other concept of other kinds of dances like ballet or our expressive dance or interpretive dance. He only knew one style. They evidence how fucking horny he is too, because he's asking for the porno mags. And then he's talking to that fucking grandkid and he's like, take my advice, bang a lot of women. I'm telling you. Bang a At lot first of women. Dwayne doesn't listen to him, but by the end, I think Dwayne starts nodding and he's like, okay, yeah, maybe he just wants to shut him up. But I, 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 so another fun fact in the movie is during that scene, they did have music playing in all of the actress's headsets so she couldn't hear what he was saying. So yeah. that was all real. Fuck That's a lot perfect. of women. Like um, they were keeping her from hearing that dialogue, yeah. Um, so something that popped into my mind uh, just as an observation, not a, not a fact or even something I believe, but would it be possible, I would pose the question, that did Frank, or not Frank, um... Uh, Edwin Grandpa did Grandpa uh, he OD'd and he seemed like a pretty regular user of heroin um, is it possible that he OD'd or is it possible that he intentionally maybe OD'd just to kind of ease the family of the burden of Grandpa I don't see what his death gains anybody it actually, like, if he believed in wanting his granddaughter to do that, killing himself ruins their chances. He's got to know that that's a way bigger hiccup and they're not stealing his body from a, mo- from a hospital room, which ends up happening. But he could never have seen that coming. So he has to, if he's killing himself, he's killing the routine. Yep. I also do think that he he would have really wanted to see her perform. Like he had made his whole, ever since he got kicked out of that nursing home with all the many, many women, <laughs> he, I think he, this, he had made this, his, his kind of his only motivation in life was that he wanted to in part, leave something to his granddaughter, help her in some way. And so I don't think at the last gasp, he would have decided to, uh, to not see it. I think you would have wanted to see that shit through. That's just my, once again, that's yeah. just my feeling. No, yeah, although I, one of you guys posed a wicked theory when we were watching it that he me. knew <laughs> the dance that he had taught his granddaughter was so absolutely horrifically inappropriate that he offed himself before he had to deal with the consequences of that first fucking and I, and I, I do think that's the only other, when I said that, I do believe that's the only other plausible theory. That one makes some sense to me. I got to tell you. Me too, because he was like, holy shit, what am I going to say to the family when when she unleashes this onto the world? Dangerous. That's too much. A lot of explaining to do to his son a and his lot uh, of explaining. his daughter-in-law. Oh, some explaining. How, how do you tell your son and your daughter-in-law that you've corrupted their daughter? Yeah. With your yeah. Uh, weird dance. Yeah. Um. The other uh, element at the end of this movie that we focus on is the the pageant competition itself. And I have long always been freaked the fuck out by these things. And this movie handles it in pretty much that way. Um, Kind of, I think it's casting some humor at, it's like tiny swimsuits and sexualized posts, but they get 
pissed at Olive's dance. Like it makes it makes no sense, and and it's just it's it's they they don't hammer it too too hard, but it's enough that you're just like, what the fuck is happening so, here? So so I read in the trivia that every single one of the other girls were from the heavily from the pageant world, and all of that was their makeup and their outfits, and they all did their routines from other pageants. So I mean, and it makes sense because how else would you do it? No. Like so, they went to the pageant world and got all these people that would would participate, <laughs> and that is so. That is a very true representation of something that Shit's was going on in two thousand six. Shit's atrocious. And if you do this to your kid, you should be on a list. It's yeah, probably going on today. Still, hundred percent. Yeah, like all fourteen, fifteen United years States. later, none of this has changed. Yeah, and it's definitely in certain states. That where it's become like a part. It's like football to the, some of these parents. It's really fucked up. There's TV shows on like A&E and stuff. Yeah, that yeah, where yeah. They, you could watch this like documentary behind the scenes shit like this. Like oh, you, you only need to go to a couple of like peewee hockey games and see a yelling parent, you know, going on about the ice time their kid is getting to know that the exact same fucking thing happens at these beauty pageants. Crazy parents. That's what it's all about feeding egos in some weird fucking messed up way it's gross i I also the one of the things i've never noticed before but i think is really funny for greg kinnear's character is that and maybe it's not that he's dumb or whatever but i think he's he's trying to you know watch it and you know normalize it so that that his daughter can do it but like you could see him deteriorating throughout his viewing of what was going on but the uh, Frank and the Dwayne character walk in for like f- like three seconds and immediately walk out coming to yeah. the same realization yeah. as it took him like <laughs> an hour to come to. Uh, so I thought that was really funny to me that I, it was an element I never noticed before. They'd made that joke, but I think I just never really put that together how far behind Greg Kinnear was. And they all came to the same conclusion that she can't go on, that they, they don't want her to partake in such a, a weird thing that to them Gross. is offensive. But I, ultimately, Tony Collette's argument back to that is 100% right. Like, that's what she worked for. It's what she wanted to do. So let her get through it and, like, I think it's only in the big deal that the adults would make of it that would, you know, fuck her up for the experience, which ends up happening from both (laughs) the side of people laughing at her and then from her own family getting up on stage to dance with her because they're tearing the place up. The great deal, the great part about that, too, is nobody's laughing at her. There's a couple of people who are super into it. Creepily, the fucking MC of the show is super into it, which makes... I mean, Brent was already fucking saying some shit about who'd want that job anyway. Like only a fucking sicko would want that job. So the fact that he was like into her dance and then the Californian beauty queen like was smiling and clapping. <laughs> so yeah, there were people who appreciated it. her. Like, I think there that's the thing is. And then that guy who is probably so bored from sitting through the same bullshit all the time. Who like got up and like applauded them. I think he does the like rock. What's this? The symbol with the fingers he does. He used to be like a devil worship symbol or something. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit was hilarious. 
I wish they hadn't had such a big gap to when he was like, yeah, I wish he had done it right away. Faster. How do you guys like the, them? How do you th- feel like that went, that whole scene where where they all join in and stuff? I thought I think it still works. See, it's not. It's, 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 it's more heartfelt than it's funny, right? And I that's, think so too. That's why this movie works uh, on, on many levels is because the human elements of this are understandable and real and the tragedy feels real and it's a rare one to be able to blend it with the type of comedy they're doing they didn't go slapstick they went they went with you know funny bits and weird situations and scenarios um it's it plays out like super well it's such a big arc for greg kinnear's character too because he knew that she wasn't going to win but he went up there to support her anyway because he wanted his daughter to be able to express herself the way that and it wasn't about winning or losing but for him before that everything was like zero sum he's like you either win or you fucking lose Mm -hmm. right but he didn't care about that anymore he just he wanted to like be there for his daughter it's like crazy big arc and it works it doesn't feel it feels natural doesn't feel forced or are crammed in and it's it's earned is what I like to say is the ending was earned I think yeah I agree well, with he that. earns it because everything is stripped away like yeah. everything is stripped away from him and then he realizes like when everything else is gone like this is who is here still and he fucking uses that and builds off of it he, that's what he makes it about instead of before he was being preachy yeah totally no you're total I like the when you the, I when you say stripped away. That's such a great way of describing what what you're what's unfolding is like. He keeps losing and losing and losing, and uh, it's embarrassing. And he losing respect of his wife. And oh my god, yeah, just everything is stripped away. And then his dad dies, and then yeah. then it gets more like worse from there. His his steps on his, <laughs> it's crazy. Like the way they are able to keep spiraling spiraling down without making this movie completely depressing is a huge accomplishment. Yes, it, 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 you always have hope. There's, ne- there's never a total hopelessness. Like the van in itself is kind of funny and then everything that happens with the van, them having to run it and the, you know, the clutch going and then the horn going, they use little devices like that to scatter through it when all this tragedy is happening. Um, one of my favorite scenes on the very front, which I thought totally set the, the stage for the whole movie is that they know they have to drive to California and they're all getting super upset about it and they can't figure out what the plan is going to be and who's going to go. And then everyone's just kind of around the, the kitchen and in the, in the dining room by the table and they're all like head in hands and they're like, fuck. And then Olive runs by going, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And then back downstairs. And then they're all like, all right, we're fucking doing it. And I'm like, yeah, anything for Olive. Like with everyone else so fucking depressed, they'll do anything to make sure she experiences some happiness and do what she wants to do. It's 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 a beautiful little moment that really kind of captured me. Oh, and then it like, well, yeah, and then you're bought in for the rest of the show. Like, you're like behind them. Yep. You, and you, a- there's so much, the stakes feel so much bigger than they are because everyone is such at such low points that you want them to just have some kind of a win. You know, yeah. like some little tiny bit, irk out some little tiny happiness out of this tragedy that's going on around them but they don't i mean like not until i don't know like i guess they have fun on stage but 
They like, have great fun on stage. They, they, like Brent said, it's a victory dance, really. Yeah, nothing else went right up to that moment. Nothing. No. They had to steal a dead body. That's messed up. Well, I mean, yeah. it was their body. It's believable, though, isn't it? Like, with how it all shakes out. Because, like, they're, they're so stressed and they're like, fuck this, we're doing it. We're fucking doing it. We're so close. I'm not quitting now. Are you fucking kidding? It's great. They're, they pair up and stuff, too. The relationship between uh, Frank and Dwayne is, like, really good. It, it, it sl- glow, grows slowly, but, like, right from the beginning, they, they have a hatred of Greg Kinnear in common yeah. and uh, think he's stupid. And yep. so they're they're kind of both pessimists, right? They are yep. both pessimists. Yep. Or so they I mean, relate depressed to at the time. Yeah. It, and it's then a, Olive and Grandpa are like a fucking team. Yep. They're like Team Olive Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, he's teaching her strip moves in the basement. It's such a smart other thing to like keep that all secret. No one knows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time you see it, you're so shocked and you can't stop smiling. I read a review of this once who said, like, it's the movie where you can't stop smiling. Yeah. Like, it's just, you can't, you're just always smiling. It's, It's yeah, it's got that charm. It's got that charm for it, for sure. Uh, What else we got? Any specific scenes, thoughts, moments? Are we getting close to calling it? It's a lot of gushing. Yeah, I think we're good to call it. I mean, I it's yeah, this is not a lot. There's not a lot to hate about this. No, I mean, the one scene in the gas station we talked about earlier is like the only kind of misstep. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it could have been so easily fixed. It would have taken nothing to just make two little snips there and it was it would have been done. Snip, yeah. snip. And then it's like perfect. Yeah, this is this is a near perfect movie. Screenplay win, uh, and uh, also the Alan Arkin win are both well-deserved, I think. I'd love to see what, what beat the sofa best picture. Do you know, Joni? I don't. Uh, Abigail, um, who played Olive, she was nominated as well for Best Supporting Actress. Yes, I Olive like, was nominated. I would like to know who beat that because she crushed Brent's it. looking it up. Okay, so Best Picture nominees, The Queen, Little Miss Sunshine, Letters from Iwo Jima, Babel, and the Departed, which won? Oh, fuck that! The I Departed had to give actually. The Marty. I would love to do watch the Departed because I don't think the Departed is good. Okay, well, not like was that on the a question whole, you were looking at, John? Or? Uh, well, that was one, and then Best Supporting Actress supporting in that year. Supporting Actress, I've got it right here. Dun dun. Uh, nominees: Rinko Kikuchi from Bobble. Abigail Breslin, Kate Blanchett from Notes on a Scandal, Adrian, Adriana Barraza, and Jennifer Hudson for Dreamgirls, who won. Wow. Fucking Dreamgirls won, eh? Fuck. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, but this God is like damn. Blood Diamond year, Children of Men year, The Departed. Oh Children of Men? Blood and Diamond. Blood Diamond. Blood I would Diamond? love to. Dreamgirls. Blood Diamond can't be good. I think Leo is like Seth African accent is not good. Hey, I think bro, I why think do I sound like through? the Beatles? Why do I sound like the Beatles when I do say that again? Where's the diamond? <laughs> I sound like one of the Beatles. Where's it's weird. it? It's weird. Where's the diamond? We should do Blood Diamond. We should do Blood Where's Diamond and diamond? Departed. Uh, yeah, let's are, add them to the list. Those are fine movies. Um, well, allow me to say that I think Little Miss Sunshine holds up. Um, I like the actors. I think it's just a fucking great movie. There's no getting around it. This is a great, amazing movie that everyone should see. 
um it's just got it's brent said it as that everything was kind of wrapping up at the end he was like this movie's like a metaphor and the the van's like a metaphor for life you just kind of keep keep packing it up and and moving it forward right so um you yeah stole brent's closing statement <laughs> <laughs> nice what are you gonna stole come up it. with now brent you gotta I fucking make up something make up something i'll else. steal something at johnny's um, <laughs> this movie is a metaphor for life <laughs> i said that already yes. no it's good everyone nails their roles in this the acting the writing everything top top notch not too long perfect length um funny uh and and uh, grounded in reality doesn't have me asking questions like how'd they get the door of the minivan back on if it fell the fuck off it they showed Greg it Kinnear rolling it open and close and he's like there we go and i'm like that's all you need to do two seconds is all that took way to go so yeah this movie definitely holds up i would watch this. that one for me i i would i would i would watch this movie anytime it was on at any point i could pick this up halfway through and just be like yep i'm in we're watching this right now great flick Meep. who's next so the horn the horn is the sound the sound design in this movie with just the horn uh the horn is a joke that just keeps on giving and yeah. i just smile every time i hear it and they they used it in such a weird way great way uh where like he would have to put his hands on the vehicle and it would beep or when he gets out and closes the door it punctuates jokes it's yeah. really it's really great like um filmmaking yeah but anyways yeah no this movie's a gem it's uh it's like a 10 out of 10 maybe yeah. 9.8 because of that whole fucking uh <laughs> scene we don't like 9.9 brent what do you got um this movie holds up clearly it's a good movie it's super fun watching it it's nice and quick and it speeds through which is great the van moves and it's kind of like the movie fucking rolls quickly like a road trip kind of it's like a collection of fucking calamities but then there's also like a lot of growth um and evolving in the family unit that happens in all of these bad units so there's always i mean there's always a little give and a little take it's like every fucking episode there's a build-up and a payoff like every fucking time whereas um i think a lot of movies spend a little more time sometimes building that up and then giving you a bigger payoff at the end but this movie doesn't give you any less with the final payoff by doing that it's just really fucking well balanced and i I dig it a ton the actors in this are all super charming everyone seems relatable um yeah fuck what am i gonna say the other crazy thing about this movie is it was the only movie uh, that had the writer that got nominated for writing that didn't get nominated for directing. And the fucking directing in this movie is fantastic. Yeah. All of the directing great. in this movie. This movie should have been nominated for directing. Like, yeah. that's actually insulting. How? Because how, how, they shot this for $8 million, and it was probably better directed than some of those other category directors. Like, fuck that. That's crazy that this didn't get nominated. I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's totally so. competent. Totally. It'd be hard to direct this. Yeah. With all of the like moments in this, like that you have to land all of those fucking moments that you land in this. Yeah. I'm glad that everyone still thought it held up. Sometimes Woo. I worry about these. Yeah. Well, we got some other movies from 07, 06, uh, sorry, 06 to revisit. And 
hundreds of other movies to revisit. Through and then October is scary movies. Ages of month. time. Yeah, we got some super scary flicks coming up. Dun, dun. <laughs> so we'll get on Fuck that yeah. shit. I want to add the uh, Omen now. We should do the Omen. Oh the original God. Omen. Yeah. All right. Well, we're see. It. We're still playing with the list. We've got some some in there, but uh, you know, we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna pick the horrorist horries that ever hoard. Does that work? <laughs> no, it doesn't really work. That's anyway, stay tuned for that. Uh, check out our Instagram channel. We might be laying out some hints on what's coming up. And um, we've been doing up some votes lately for these movies. Are they going to hold up or not? So check that shit out. Um, yeah, I'm super pleased that this gets the three thumbs up. So next Sunday, we'll drop our first horror of the... No? Yes. Um, it not is. next... Is it? Oh, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So yeah, next uh, next week on the s- the third, we will be dropping our first horror ish. What, what is it currently on the list? I think it's Rose it open. Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Is that the first Ooh. one? Yeah. Well, so we're like, if it's not, it's freaky. the second one. Yeah. The movie's iconic. Yeah, it, it is. is fucking goddamn right. All right, so All Rosemary's right, nice. Baby, there you go. Can't wait to watch that. Seeing so aren't you glad you stuck around for the last few seconds of this episode? Because now you know, and anyone who shut it off already doesn't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. fuck those guys. <laughs> All right, it's to the uh, end. So yeah, that'll drop on the third. Uh, thanks for listening to this one, everybody. It's always great to have you. Enjoy everything, and especially as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.